0: that's slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: I want winners. I want people that want to win.
2: All right, Rod, I'm in the Bay, but you are in Vegas where the 49ers and the Raiders put on one of the more exciting games of this NFL season. It was uh, a back and forth. And, you know, I I was sitting with a bunch of Raider fans today, and I usually watch these games by myself, but J- Jared Stidham was giving the Raiders some hope there. And uh, the 49ers were not, I don't know if they weren't, they didn't game plan for him correctly, but there was a lot of opportunities for him to make plays and he did. But before we get to that, how is Vegas, man? How, how is being in the, the, uh, the craziest, probably the craziest town to be in, in, uh, in new year's and new year's Eve. It was wild. We, um, me and my brother,
1: we, we went down, um, and my sister-in-law, we went down, um, we, watch football all day yesterday and around nine o'clock after Ohio state (laughs) broke my sister-in-law's heart. We decided (laughs) we were going to go down and um, deal with the strip. And it was, it was as wild as ever. (laughs) It was, it was red. It was a red out. There were 49er fans all over the place. Um, So I was not surprised at all when it seemed like three quarters of the crowd today, was in red um, because it, it, they you could not escape Niner fans. They were you know they were everywhere. So it was it was a wild scene last night. And today's game did not disappoint. It was awesome.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so so Shelvin, welcome to Shelvin. Uh, thanks for joining in. Yeah, Bosa mentioned that they kind of maybe sort of overlooked him He was talking about some of the lanes that they left open. And he, I think he said Tom Brady could have run through them. Um, so, you, you know, and and the, the, the first point of this entire game is that this was a Brock Purdy show us game. The defense had really carried and he, he did his part, but the defense has really carried this team uh, over the last several weeks. And he didn't have to do much. He just did. He just couldn't do the wrong things to, to give the takeaways, to stop the, the scoring. And, um, you know, we, everyone loved what he did and, and I was happy what we, what, what he did, but you and I are both kind of a little bit of like, he he's playing well, but let's see, like there's still going to be teams out there who are going to figure out some things and they're going to watch some of these games. And there were some points of this game where I was like, okay, like, this is exactly what we're, we were talking about. And also, what I really wanted to see was him have some adversity and have to come from behind. And it was kind of frustrating that the Niners were losing this game. But but I think, in my mind, I was like, they're going to have to get through a game like this. But I think for a lot of Niners fans, they're like, Minnesota lost. Like, what are we doing? Why are we screwing around playing with our food here? And And they did win out, but... What did you think of uh, of Purdy's game here as far as being able to come back? Obviously, the defense was not there to bail them out today. They The offense had to bail the defense out. And even going into the, the end of the game, we think we win the game. And, and Robbie Gold uh, pushes one to the right. And so then Purdy's got to come back and go, oh, I got to come back and do this again gets a little lucky on, I think he was trying, I think he was trying for the home run ball with Kittle on that flutter ball that uh, Ayuk comes up with, but uh, still showed the medal, wasn't taking a bad sack when there were many opportunities for him to take bad sacks. And, uh, you know, you talk to Ayuk, I think I saw him quoted as saying, like, he's like the real deal. Yeah, it was,
1: it was a, um, It was a tough game. It was a tough game for Brock. I mean, he, he missed several throws. He had several turnover worthy type throws that, you know, went his way. Um, but the Raiders were game. I mean, their defense isn't very good and they were depleted, but yet they, they were game. They really, they showed a lot, um, they they did a real good job of handling our defensive line. Um we didn't um we didn't get I don't know if we got a sack. Um I think we got three or four um quarterback hits, but they we did weren't able to control the game with the pass rush the way we normally do, and it created lanes and opportunities for um for them to be able to to do their thing. And um Devontae Adams and dan waller and josh jacobs are all really good football players adams is
2: incredible Jeez, but we know that we've had to face him many times over the years
1: yeah um and and those those guys made plays and um so and like you said it was one of those situations where that that we we haven't had with this defense this season but If you watch enough football, you know that you're going to have games like that where whichever um, facet of the team carries the team, um, the other has to carry them. And and we found ourselves in that situation today where the offense had to bail out the defense. And, you know, I, I was... I was pleased to see that we were able to to answer the bell and do what we needed to do to um to to pull out a victory here. I mean, we easily could have lost this game. Um, I don't want to. I'm not going to say it, but Brock did a really good job <laughs> of um of, of of um pulling it through, pulling us through, and getting us getting us to the finish line. So that was
2: that was you know. Another good showing by him. He ends up 22 for 35. And there were moments in this game because the Raiders could not stop the run. The Niners averaged 6.3 yards per carry in this game. Went for 170. And there were moments where I was like, man, they could just – even even in some of the hurry-up spots – like, why are we not running the ball? Let's run the ball. Let's run the ball. But Shanahan kept putting the ball in Purdy's hands, which I thought was really interesting. It was almost a, a Shanahan answering the same question, which is, you know, we need we need Brock. We want to see Brock show us that he can take this team and drive this team and uh, get his teammates, you know, to to believe in him. Uh, he had one one throw that probably hurt them. Uh, There were a couple of other throws, like you mentioned that were off target Uh, a couple that could have been picked, but the one that I'm thinking of is they uh, he's got to throw across the field. He's got, he's got Kittle wide open and he under throws Kittle, which allows the interception to happen. And this is the criticism for Brock coming out of college is he can't make certain throws that some of the bigger armed QBs can make. And I don't know if that was his arm was the detriment or if he just underthrew the ball because you see in the route, Kittle's kind of uh, running a a little bit of a post and then Kittle has to react and he's got to like kind of come back for the ball a little bit. But that was the only turnover that he had uh, and 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 it was a it was a he was he was going for it so it's more of like a punt than it is anything else because of where the ball was so it didn't hurt us in that way but that's his only turnover uh, did you what what did you think about that throw because if he hits that throw game's probably a different a little bit of a different story because the Niners offense is, is is rolling a bit there. I think you hit it on the head. I mean, he, as well as he's been playing, I mean, there are spots
1: where you you can see why he was two sixty two. I mean, he 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 does a lot of things well, but I mean, he's he's not Trey Lance when it comes to talent. I mean, and his you know his arm is limited and. There there are spots where, you know, you just would prefer him not to. To uh, he, play, he does a very good job of playing to his strengths and not putting himself in situations where he's doing things that um, he can't do. He seems to be really self-aware and knows, you know, where his strengths lie and where his weaknesses lie. And I think that was just a um, – that was – Stretching the boundaries of his talent, because um, like you say, that was a kill shot. And if, if he if he makes that throw, um, you know the the ball game is probably over. Um, so, but yeah, he um, and what what did you think about that last throw to IU? <laughs> I he um I I think he got he got away with one there. That um that could have been disastrous.
2: Yeah, that that um, there was a it it was pretty clear that it was another kill shot throw, right? They mm-hmm. were trying to end the game by uh, running a little bit of a, it looks like he almost was like ran like a quarterback counter or something. Yeah. And then he had Ayuk underneath and he had Kittle going over the top. They were essentially running a similar route and Kittle was open, but right as he threw it, that's when the defense came in and, and he got hit and, uh, and, and the ball came out. And we were very, very lucky that Ayuk was right there to make that play. The, the, the defense, the, the one interception we had was a very similar one on Stidham where I think his own, um, no, 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 uh, Niner's, Niner defensive line got a hand up and Drake mm-hmm. Jackson made a very, very athletic friggin' play to yeah. catch that ball. And then Stidham on the, on the last interception to Gibson. Uh, I think Bosa pushed the offensive lineman right back into him and it caused him to, to flutter one, and, and we, got, uh, we got that one. So, yeah, you know, the, the defense um, on both sides left a lot to be desired, but there were certain plays where uh, they made plays that, and, and in, it, it was literally like kind of luck as the reason why the 49ers came out on top uh, in the end there because both of those plays could have ended in different ways uh, just by the ball just kind of flat, fluttering up there. The one throw... That I wanted to ask you about, and then we'll move off of Purdy, and we'll talk about the rest of the team here. So Niners are third and goal, I think, and they're running. Uh, they're running a play where the lot there's a linebacker in the middle of Ayuk and Kittle. Kittle's Kittle's coming across, and Purdy is dead staring at Ayuk, trying to get the linebacker to lean over to Ayuk set because he wanted to come back to 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 Kittle. The linebacker stays home and then he tries to laser one into Kittle and that ball could have been intercepted at the goal line. And that is a play where I was like, okay, I get it. I I see what you're trying to do, but if he doesn't move, then you can't throw that ball. Mm -hmm. And he didn't move and he kind of suckered Purdy into making that throw. And that was another one where we kind of got lucky at getting out of dodge there and not and not getting the, the the interception,
1: that's one of the ones that I counted as a turnover-worthy throw. It was it that 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 should have been a pick. I mean, you like you say you can't throw that ball. You you can't. You just you just can't do it. Um, so yeah, but again, he's he's a work in progress. He's not a complete. Um, so that's something he'll be. He he should be able to learn from, um, but every week I mean he seems to you know get a little better. So yeah, I I'm glad we got got out of here because I didn't want to have
2: to hear <laughs> the Raiders fans. <laughs> look look here's the thing: it, it was the Super Bowl for the Raiders because exactly. their their playoff hopes are tied to so many different uh, things happening correctly. They were six and nine going into this game, and. You know, this is the, you could tell that, I mean, they pulled Derek Carr from the game, uh, basically giving them a, a scapegoat a, a little bit for the team to kind of rally. Though I'm not sure it worked that way because Devontae Adams and, and Derek Carr are so tight. Uh, and Derek Carr was like, no, I'm not being the scapegoat here. Like, what are you guys doing? I'm not even showing up to this game. Uh, so that there was some... M- early momentum. And then the Niners did the stupid onside kick to start the game, like just kind of goofing off a little bit, but there was some opportunity for the Raiders because they're at home, you know, the, the Niners, the, there was more Niners fans than the, so there were moments for them to kind of play up for it. And I think they did. And th- like I said, this was the, mo- this was a very important game for them. And for the Niners, it was just sort of like, we just need to get to the end of this season. And I'm happy. I'm, I think we're very lucky to get a win out of this game. Um, uh, Shanahan, early in this in the in the week, said that, you know, this was really the first week in which Brock was able to let the let the ball fly and practice again. And I started to wonder in the fourth quarter if he was a kind of a little too hyped because there were some short plays that he was lasering them in, and guys were dropping. Kittle dropped one. Uh, I think another one. Didn't one go through IU, but there was Mm -hmm. a couple where it's like, you know, you don't, if he just puts a little bit more finesse into that ball, uh, you know, they're, they're getting, but at the end of the day, it didn't hurt them because he would just come right back and and make a good throw. So uh, I I think some of it may have been a little, he's a little juiced. uh, He's finally kind of feeling good and he's letting that ball fly. uh, And, you know, they can kind of pull back and go, okay, like on this pass, you know, maybe. You, you make it a little bit more catchable cuz George is not that far away from you. Uh so ultimately they come out of it uh w- without any uh you know win is a win and and I'm sure while Shanahan probably doesn't like the result he probably loves the idea that there's a lot of tape to watch and a lot of things to learn from to hammer these guys with the idea of like hey this thing is not over like we 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 still got to get better. Yeah. Okay, had they lost I think penalties and defensive miscues would have been the story of the game. Uh, I thought it was maybe who second worst game of the season. I feel like that Kansas City game may have been the worst game, probably for the secondary, maybe for the whole team, actually. Uh, you saw Fred Warner get beat a few times, had a couple of defensive holding, had a call, defensive holding call, uh, Trent Williams, when they were kind of backed into their own end zone, he had a false start and then a hold. And it was really just one of those things where it's like, huh, they are just not as sharp. Now, you and I are grown enough to know that it was New Year's Eve in Las Vegas. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if, if you have video evidence of, of some 49ers at the club, I don't want to see it, for one. But you know, for them to come out flat in this game was absolutely one hundred percent not a surprise to me. Uh-uh. Not at all. Not at all. It um it
1: it just lined up that way. It just seemed to me that this was going to be a struggle. I I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that you know it it's just you just watch this game long enough, not just not this specific game, but football just in general, and you just see every week um, bad teams rising to the occasion versus, I mean, I don't want to say rivals, you know, I got into that back and forth this week as to whether or not these dudes are rivals anymore. And like, I like to say the hammer and nail aren't rivals. Um, So they're not, (laughs) they're not, uh, they, it's been such a long time since the Raiders have been good enough to be a rival of ours. But you know, clearly they got up for this game and they played. They played a really good football game, and um, we were fortunate to get out of there. And like you say, the it, it was just all bad. The penalties, the miscues. We couldn't seem to get any pressure. Um, it, it just. It, it just was the. Um, like you say the secondary hufanga that that's just i'm at a place where that's just who he is he's going to get caught um peaking mm-hmm. and his aggression It's it's a blessing and a curse you yeah. know there're going to be times when he's going to make a play his anticipation he's going to make a play because of his anticipation and then there're going to be times when he gets fooled or um Let's his eyes get in trouble, get him in trouble by trying to anticipate what's gonna happen. So you kind of have to take the good, because I, I wouldn't I would not want to, like we talked about earlier in the season with Dre, I would not want to rob him of that aggression, um, because it's so it's such a big part of um what what's good about having him. So if it means that He's gonna get toasted every once in a while. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want that to happen. But if that is, um, if that's the trade-off that we have to make, I'm willing to do that because he he is a you know he's a talented playmaker. So you know you kind of have
2: to take the good with the bad. I thought uh, Stidham was really good. Like, if if you're a Raiders fan. And I, I kind of was gauging the Derek Carr frustration, you know, if, if fans kind of have his back or if they have the Raiders back and and, and they really are sort of blaming Carr for, for the reason why the Raiders aren't uh, a winning team. Uh, but Stidham was tremendous, I thought. Like, the way that he was able to uh, create plays w- with with his legs a little bit uh the, their pass blocking w- was awesome for most of the game Yeah, because I saw Bosa end up on the ground a couple times. Like, wow, there's, they're putting my guy on the ground. Like they're doing something right here. And he was evasive. He, he was, he had this really uh, I think the best trait was his ability to wait until the very last second to let that ball go out and take a hit knowing that he needed that little bit of time to get that receiver open. I think he did that very well a couple times, which extended some big plays. I mean, this dude, he threw for 365 yards. Uh, and even with two with two interceptions, he still ended up with 108 quarterback rating, which you don't generally see uh, with interceptions. So uh, he picked him apart. And again, this is going back to sort of the coaching thing, like, You know, Ryan's has been the absolute dandy of the future coaching, future head coaches, you know, the the race for whoever's going to get jobs next year. And I would imagine he is going to get a great opportunity for one of the jobs. And so, you know, they're flying high and there's all these stats that they're sort of living on. And for the and then the one that they repeated right at the end was uh you know no no team has scored on the Niners in the last two minutes of the game, and so they're flying high. There's just so much praise, so much praise, so much praise, and the Raiders just kicked them right in the mouth. And uh, even all the way until the end, you know Gibson makes that interception, and and they finally they finally get the take the takeaway that they needed, and they win the game. But up until that point. Stidham was doing his thing, man. I was very impressed with him, and I kind of wonder what the Raiders do for quarterback because they probably can have uh, a few. You know, depending on how much they want to pay for someone like Jimmy G. You know, Jimmy G. would was definitely available. There's always going to be Rodgers and Brady and guys like that, but uh, I don't know. Kind of wonder about Stidham. Did uh, did did Belichick miss on another guy? What's going on here? I don't know. It, it's it's clear
1: that. Obviously they're moving on from carr. And like you said, the um the um Patriots quarterback, the former Patriots quarterbacks are obvious connections. Brady and Garoppolo are are obviously um connected to um uh, McDaniel. And it, yep. it just seems clear to me that that's what this is, is that, you know, Carr wasn't his guy and he wants to, you know, he wants to put his stamp on, on this offense. So that, that's what it's going to be. So I, I, you know, I kind of doubt that, you know, they're going to go into the season with Stitham as QB one, but um, he did, he did definitely um, help himself with this, um, with this performance for sure. And I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just gonna I'm sure it's going to be, Either Brady or Jimmy G that um that end up down there, um it, that's just
2: the narrative. Just is just too good yeah. for that to happen. Stidham is probably a, good, a top backup though. Like I was oh, kind yeah. of looking at where he ran rough shot of Belichick because uh, when when Brady left, it seemed like he was going to have a chance, and then they brought in Cam, mm-hmm. and so then he backed up Cam. And then he became, I think he became the third stringer that year, even behind someone who we all know uh, very well, Brian Hoyer. Yeah. And I look at Stidham, and I look at every game I've ever seen Brian Hoyer play in a 49er uniform, and I'm like, there's no no comparison there. There's one guy who's clearly better than the other guy. So it's kind of weird. Kind of weird how these guys, whether it's a confidence thing or – didn't work hard enough in the off season thought it was his like, I I, I would love to know the background behind that uh, where guys just sort of, cause there was no Brady to kind of, you know, cause when Brady and Jimmy G were there, you know, Brady kind of saw Jimmy G as someone who could come in and, and, and snatch the job. And, and maybe Belichick was even planning that whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, but Brady was gone when Stidham was there. So it's kind of interesting to see what, I, I would love to know more of the story as to how it's kind of like there. it's, it's kind of like he missed his window. He got there with Cam and then that whole thing
1: goes sideways and then they go they go get Mac. And then that's, you know, pretty much the end of it at that point. You know, they well, one would have thought um <laughs> and not having you know, it pretty. It seemed after his rookie year that Mac was on the ascent. Now, I don't know. It seems you know. Just one year later, who knows what's going on there at quarterback and with the Patriots?
2: Okay, uh, I wanted to look at because I, I saw the Patriots won today. They beat Miami, uh, which was not not necessarily surprising because I think I don't. What did the Niners do to the Dolphins, man? They broke them. <laughs> oh my God, they broke them. <laughs> But uh I guess Mac Mac was back to sort of being the guy. Uh he had a, he had a pretty decent game today and they and they they beat the they beat the dolphins. But uh, I guess uh, no no um no two uh, so they, they were Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson today. So that's that's a big part yeah. of that. Uh okay, so let's talk about uh CMC and Iuk. Terrific games from those guys. CMC was I mean, he was awesome. He and then and this is where I was saying how I, I kind of thought that they would run the ball a little bit more, but you know, at the same time, we don't want to see him constantly having to get beat up between tackles. But he was just every time they needed a, a play, he was there. He was 19 of 121, so he was a six point four yards per carry himself with a touchdown. And he had set a six catches for 72 yards. So he put on his, uh, his Roger Craig, 1989 impersonation, his Marshall Falk uh, impersonation. I mean, he is sort of, of that echelon of player. Those Absolutely. are the two names that I think of when I think of, you know, that, that type of thing. So uh, tremendous. And I guess we can't, I guess, you know, we'll do our MVP here in a second, but, if Ayuk wasn't a, a, as valuable, he was right there. He was one B or two A or whatever you want to call it. Nine for hundred and one. Every big first down that they needed was was Purdy to Ayuk, and there were some tight windows for some of these passes too. And so there was a lot of trust there. Uh, Ayuk, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I could see this on the telecast, but lots of. uh People who cover the Niners pretty closely talk about his route running being so supreme. And man, just, uh, he, they, they have, we talked about his chemistry with Jimmy earlier in the year. He's got it with Purdy as well. Indeed. Um,
1: I've seen several, um, of the Facebook reel cut ups of IUC and he, he really, his route running really is, um, superior and like you say I I couldn't point to any one of his routes today that um displayed that but he really was um he was the first like you say he was the first down maker today um it was it was awesome to see between the two of them and then you know to know that we've got Debo in our yeah. back pocket and Kittle and Juice and Third and Juwan. This is really a um this is really a um stacked offense. Um so yeah, this is you know, um Brock is it's an embarrassment of riches for him and all so all he's gotta do is just, you know, make the right decision and and, and j get it out there on time and let these dudes
2: make plays. So we had um We had a video from last week's stream, um, and and we were talking about if both guys are healthy, Jimmy G or Brock, who do you go with, you know, based on what we've seen? And (laughs) as you can imagine, uh, a lot of the commenters are like, how can you even think about taking out Brock? He's, you know, playing so well and I was uh, commentating going just, yeah, yeah, he is. But there's an experience factor that is going to be a, a big part of this, as we know from, from the NFL, but it's heavily Brock Purdy. He has definitely created a bit of a fan base. Uh, whereas I think Jimmy had that. And then it kind of, at least for, for the 40 er diehards, it, it kind of uh, came down a little bit, but It it, it is an interesting thing to think about. Again, now Shanahan is telling us that we'll be really lucky if Jimmy could play in the playoffs. Like he's really kind of like pouring water on that. But there were some moments where I was like, okay, there's a little bit of gunslinger in Purdy where I wish it was a little bit more conservative Jimmy. And then there was a couple moments where I was like, I'm so thankful Jimmy is not in this game because Purdy has taken shots that Jimmy would not even attempt to take. Where do you sit on this now after this uh, this next game? I I I've been pretty steady that I mean if
1: he's cleared Jimmy's obviously a better option than Josh Johnson as a QB2, so that would be again another up, an upgrade again if if healthy if he could, you know, be the QB too. But I, at this point, I just, I don't see, um, even after some of the struggles today, I would, I'd be real hesitant to, um, to pull Brock. I just think you just kind of have to roll with him. And I mean, even if you, in a playoff game, if you want to say if Jimmy's healthy and you want to have a quick hook for Brock, I don't, I don't even know about that because I just think, um, I think just throwing Jimmy out there, um, in a playoff scenario, you know, coming off an injury is rough. It's even worse if you're gonna do it, you know, mid game. I mean, yeah. I, just, I, 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 it I just,
2: it'd have to be like an injury or right. he just throws like four picks in a row. And, and and the Niners are still in it. It had to be one of those things. Yeah.
1: Otherwise, I mean, you, I just think you got to rock with him. So, um, yeah, I I I I think we I think Brock is our guy.
2: All right. So there was a note uh, in the the press conference uh, from Matt Mayoko. Kyle Shanahan said Aaron Brooks most likely had an MCL injury to his right knee. He was out of the game pretty early. Uh, further valuations will be done on Banks. Andre Greenlaw, who came out of the game, he kind of got bent backwards on a play where Fred Warner tried to uh, add, a, add an and one to a tackle to determine what their status would be. Uh, so I, I would imagine that those guys uh, are probably going to be rested next week, maybe even need to be rested based off of the injuries. Ah, uh, the Niners. As we look at the postseason, the way that it's playing out, because the Minnesota lost, the Niners are in the two spot. The Eagles lost; they are still in the one spot. They're only a game ahead of the Niners. Uh, Garner Minshew is is not uh, is not making fans in Philadelphia. Um If the Eagles lose next week to the Giants and the Niners win, they could go all the way up to the one spot with the one caveat being, though, uh, the Giants don't really need the game. I don't think they can move out of their spot where they are. So they're sort of stuck there. There may not be much motivation to play a lot of their guys. So they may just kind of take the gas off the pedal. So I think we're realistically looking at a two seed. However, if Minnesota wins next week and the Niners lose, the Niners slide back to the three seed, so it does seem like they really do need to play uh, to win next week's game because I think that two seed and having the the home games there, uh, even you know, even in uh, if Philadelphia was to lose at any point in the playoffs before they faced the Niners, they would ride be riding home the home uh, field advantage for the whole thing. So. Uh, what is your outlook on, on that? Uh, do you, uh, for personally, as long as they're blocking correctly and the offensive line is playing well, I think, I just think it's more opportunity to get Brock reps. That's what he needs. So, so for, for one, but Shanahan's even talking about playing Debo and now that kind of makes me <laughs> a little nervous and, you know, in, in a game that is not meaningless. There, there is meaning there, but uh, if he was to then get dinged up again and miss some of the playoffs, that would be brutal. Well, what do you think about next week against the Cardinals? Uh, well, number one,
1: I uh, I thought three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, the game after Mexico City, I thought that the Cardinals were cooked. I thought, you know, they were just playing out the string. But those dudes are out there playing it. That, that Falcon game went all the way to like the final snap. Um, so, um, the thought of us just going in there kind of like this week, thinking that um you know the Cardinals are gonna just show up and roll over, I think might be wishful thinking, so we we might have to you know we better be ready to play, um that said, you know, I would like to see Debo get out there um I would definitely have him on a pitch count, I wouldn't you know. I, whatever, you know, a handful of touches or whatnot just to um as um Shelvin says to knock the rust off, um, as opposed to just, you know, rolling them out rolling him out there week one of the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's definitely still an important game. I'm not I, I know that the NFL being such as it is, it would not surprise me if um well, no, it, the Vikings are in Chicago, so most likely that will be a um, 10 o'clock game. So we will will know by the time kickoff happens because um, I doubt that that game will get flexed in any way. So we'll know where we stand as it relates to the Vikings um, before we um,
2: kick off next, um, is, it, is it Sunday? Sunday, it is Sunday. Okay. Sunday yeah, so. and yeah, we there's no time yet. So yeah, the there's they're, they're figuring it out. The NFL is very smart about this. They're figuring it out for the TV. Where they want yeah. the best games to be in the TV slots, right? So, so they're yeah. we'll, we'll probably know. I'm sure uh, tomorrow when those game times are. Yeah,
1: I doubt that We'll get you know our West Coast game. I doubt it'd be like an early game. Yeah. Um, like ten. I don't. I can't remember the last time they did that where we were. You know the the West Coast game was a ten o'clock game, so we'll probably be firmly in the one o'clock slot. And like I say, with the Vikings um, being at the Bears, I guess they theoretically made that a late game too, um, so that we're playing at the same time. But um, I, I, the Bears, Justin Fields is awesome, but they stink.
2: Yeah, they're, <laughs> so. they're 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 I he he probably won't even play. I can't imagine that they want to risk much maybe he'll play and not that much but yeah worst thing in the world for them is for that dude to get hurt so
1: yeah i mean at, at this point for what and i mean they're they should you know they should be playing for that draft pick is what they should be doing yeah i think but um yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see um when the schedule comes out are there any other i guess beyond the the philadelphia game is of interest to us i guess um and then that Viking game. I can't think of anything else, any others that um really impact us. I mean, if, um, if we handle our business, assuming that we are able to win, um, those are the two that are the most important, I I think, for us, the Eagles and the Vikings.
2: Yeah, just quickly for the the NFC, the uh, the the playoff picture here. So. Niners, Eagles, Vikings, uh, Bucks, Cowboys, Giants have all clinched one of the six playoff spots. It's kind of crazy that the Bucks clinched their division. Crazy. The <laughs> but in the hunt is still the Seahawks at eight and eight. Lions at eight and eight. Packers at eight and eight. Um is the tiebreaker that um is the tiebreaker that if the packers win they're in is that how it works at this at this point from what i
1: saw is that they there's still um permutations they're, they're like they're like if they win next week there's there's still there's a 70% chance that they get in oh, so there's wow. still permutations where even with a win they cannot make it that's so, crazy.
2: Yeah. Um, and so it'll be – so the Giants um, are locked in at the 6, and I think the Cowboys are locked in at the 5, and then the Eagles and the Niners and the Vikings can all sort of maneuver the the between those spots. Uh, but, I mean, Eagles just have to win, and, and they've got it locked up. So. Yeah. Um it is so interesting cuz uh the on the other side there's only uh five spots in the AFC locked in because the AFC South is still not decided. The Jaguars are in first at 8 and 8 and uh, the Titans are 7 and 9 and they still have a a chance to uh to to take the division from the Jaguars, which is Those incredible. Or, that game is winner-take-all next week. Oh, that, oh, they play each other. Okay, there yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. That's per, what great scheduling, yeah. NFL schedule makers. Uh, but yeah, these poor Dolphins, man. Like you said, the Niners broke them. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They haven't won since they played us. That's crazy. Uh, okay, so let's look uh, at the MVP of this game. Um, I have one I've I, I have a clear player of the game uh in CMC uh I think I would have been my number two though I just thought he came up so big for the for the game for the team he was like Brock Purdy's uh Brock Purdy had two two guys it was CMC and, and iuk every opportunity he was putting the ball in those guys hands and uh they're, they're great chemistry for for both of those guys but uh yeah that would be my guy CMC well, I flipped it. I went
1: um with those that those last couple of first downs put him over the top for me. So I went, I went BA and CMC.
2: Um, And Shelvin agreed with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's what I did. And, um, my honorable mention would have been Fred if it wasn't for those two penalties. He had, he had a good game otherwise, but, um, the two playoffs took him out of the running for me.
2: Yeah, and you know, even though Nick didn't get a sack, he still had a played a big part of it. That last interception w- was a big part of it, was him. They they were uh the Fox was definitely trying to figure out why he didn't have a sack yet. So they were like watching like the little holdings on him and stuff. And did you see uh the one play where Devontae Adams made that? great catch that they were just trying to figure out if they could overturn it. And I i didn't think that they could overturn it, Mm-mm. but that was Nick's opportunity to get the sack. He comes in right at the last second and they, they originally threw a flag on him for a roughing the passer. Yeah. I, it must've been helmet to helmet or face mask to face uh-huh. mask or something. And then they picked it up and I, I could just see Nick going like, what else do you want me to do yeah yeah so i mean it's going to be interesting his
1: his snap count next week will be interesting um if we um are able to control the i mean i, I thought i i had a feeling about this game but i think we're just i think we'll handle the cardinals um next week and You know, obviously, he needs the two to catch Alden, and I guess I think at this point, since he didn't get one or two this week, and Strahan probably is out of the conversation at this point. Yeah, you know,
2: you know, Strahan's on on Fox, just going like, "Come on, get that ball, (laughs) throw that ball, throw that ball, Stidham." (laughs) Um, So
1: you know. Kyle and um, Nick have been very um honest about the fact that it's something that's on his mind that he would like to break the record. But um Kyle has said all along he's gonna be smart about it and if, you know, once the game's out of hand or in either direction that yeah. um you know he'll 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 shut him down. So so we'll see. Um David Blau, I think, was the quarterback for the Cardinals today. Um,
2: yeah. Did they, what, how did they? I didn't even see what they
1: what they did today. Um, they they ended up losing to the Falcons. They they were winning just about all game and then lost um, in the final two minutes. So again, I, I watched them last week. I forget who they they whoever they were playing. It was they they were on a Sunday night last week and um Patriots right wasn't the Patriots oh yeah yeah there it is yeah and I mean they were game they were still out there trying to you know trying to win um so I I fully expect them to or you know I guess it could happen that you know they're in one two three Cancun mode um for the the last game of the season but I fully expect them to show up
2: and um you know give us a game is that is one two three Cancun credited to Nick Van Exel from the yes. Lakers? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yes. All right, I did. I did uh, add to our graphic here for Player of the Game, CMC and uh, Brandon Ayuk uh, for for the award here. Awesome. Uh, so before we get out of here, uh, I heard a story. I don't even know what this podcast was, but I think Delani Walker was on a podcast. Yes. And he was talking about Vern Davis and Mike Singletary. Did you see this? I did. I did. Okay. That was very, very interesting. Uh, (laughs) Delani, he had a lot of stories. (laughs) Okay. I I only saw this one clip and it relates to this podcast, which is named after... Our old Facebook page and me and Facebook are just not on great terms right now, by the way, they, they're not, they do not want anything to do with me, but we called, or I, I created a Facebook page years and years ago. I think we're talking 2008 mm-hmm. and I just called it. We want winners because that was the Mike Singletary thing. And the Niners were bad when I made, it. I, may, I may have made it in 2010 actually, but the Niners were bad when I made it. So it was kind of like making fun of, you know, the Singletary quote. And then the page became really popular, and it was it was kind of going for for a while. We turned it into a group, and then we turned it into this podcast. So anytime there's a story about that time frame, I'm always like paying attention because I, you know, it's just a memorable time. And so Delaney Walker is talking about why Singletary and Vern had their pull apart. The, and then Singletary sent Vern to locker room. And Delaney said it was because, uh Singletary, had, I mean, uh, Vern had dropped some balls and then finally caught someone and then like flicked the ball at the guy or something that he caught it against. And Mike was like, you're not good enough to be doing that stuff. And so then they got in the argument and then he sent Vern to locker room. And then he said that v- Singletary came back to practice the next day and had a rap, wrote a rap and performed a rap in front of the team, which had... A lot to do with his speech from the day before about how they're not team players and they're not trying to win for each other and all this stuff. Mike Singletary was a part of the the eighty six Bears team where they did do the Super Bowl shuffle, so maybe he does have some m c experience but what did you I'd never heard this story before that was the first time I had heard about the rap
1: um I had heard i i it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the first time that I had heard that um, some players felt that it was, you know, it, Delaney isn't the only player to feel that sing, um singled him out um, wrongly. That yeah. he, that it wasn't that it was um, that it was more of a stunt than it was anything legitimately that. Um, They burn it, burning it done, and I mean, I guess I could see that that you know he was trying to you know make an example of Vernon and trying to set a tone, I guess, and then the rap song kind of (laughs) speaks to the fact that there was some shenanigans going on. So yeah, that that was a very interesting time, and the more that we go on and the the older I get, I kind of felt like Coach Singh got. A bad rap but clearly he wasn't
2: very good at his job <laughs> i just remember uh i was uh my next door neighbor who other than my dad he was the person who i would talk most uh, about football with and he's a cowboys fan so you know mm-hmm. uh you know where the beginning and end of our of our conversations w- would start especially in the early 90s oh yeah uh but he had told me he's like Singletary is a great player, but Singletary doesn't know how to scheme for a lot of the things that, that these players uh, need to do to improve. So thus, he just comes off a little bit as like a motivational speaker kind of coach. And when you're a bad team, uh, you know, that can only take you so far. And so I was always trying to find, think of like, gosh, you know, Mike Singletary played – you know linebacker one of the greatest defenses of all time like why does he not know a lot of the x's and o's that some of these other coaches who weren't great football players understand so i always found, i always thought that was sort of an interesting storyline with him as far as just you know maybe you know because we we look at kyle and kyle knows the offense side and the defensive side you know just so mm-hmm. thoroughly from an x's and o's standpoint but one of the greatest linebackers in history of the NFL doesn't that's the part that i never yeah. understood yeah and clearly he was
1: i i would push back i mean he i according to patrick Willis and bart scott and ray lewis you know he is a great linebacker coach um which stands to reason um but clearly he didn't his his expertise did not go beyond the linebacker position. Um, So that, that like you say is, is very interesting as to um, why some coaches are able to, um, to do that. And others aren't like, you've seen some coaches go uh, who are defensive players who go and coach on the offensive side um, because they know it, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you've heard that a lot with like, with with African-American coaches that um, the fast track to a head coaching job is offense. So like some people play um, coaches, like Carter railroad, like, okay, I'll go coach. (laughs) I'll go coach offense. Raheem Morris did the same thing. Okay. I'll go coach receivers. Mm -hmm. If that's going to get me a job faster. Um, But like you say, it it didn't seem like coach Singh was of that mindset that he Mm -hmm. was going to do whatever it took to, but that, that was a very, we were bad, but that was a very, very fascinating
2: time in our history. There was a lot going on there. I mean, you could say he, he put the team on a platter for Harbaugh, right? Like that's, it's true. I mean, that team basically
1: Harbaugh came in, put his arm around Alex and, (laughs) um, you know, in, in that that was coach sings team and yeah. the only difference was you know somebody came in and loved on alex and made him feel
2: like you know he could play and and it worked for and, and i think there was a offensive coordinator shift and and mentality cuz G- jimmy ray wanted to play a certain style of football that maybe didn't really work in in the year 2009 or or, or whenever they were there uh well well, i mean
1: and i would even push back on that because jimmy ray has said or or said during that time that that was you know that was a coach sing creation it was there there was There there was a philosophy that he wanted to um that he wanted to see and whether it was him and then Mike Johnson after yeah um jimmy ray that you know there was a philosophy that coach seen wanted to follow that these offensive guys you know <laughs> did maybe maybe they didn't want to follow but when your boss tells you to do X you kinda are stuck and have to do X. And um yeah it was I know Alex kinda Threw everybody under the <laughs> under the bus um, there towards the end of the the coach scene, um reign and um, that was that was a it was a it was a very interesting time and like you say but those those teams were the building blocks for those Harbaugh
2: teams. There's no question about that. I mean, and, and let's bring this full back full circle. Uh, David Carr, not Derek Carr. Da- Derek Carr's big bro. Remember when David Carr comes in for Alex on <laughs> <laughs> that one game, uh, and and the fans are just out. They're they're out on Alex. They're just completely uh, done with this guy. And David Carr comes in, and you realize like, ah, oh, this is that. It's not really better. But we were out on Alex like several times. It was crazy that um, like I say,
1: I. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I got emotional during that Saints game because for him yep. to, to be, you know, I watched every snap Alex Smith played for the 49ers. Oh, yeah. And to see where he came from in 2005, to see him go around the end and score that touchdown, I mean, that's
2: some goosebump stuff. Boy, that was awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So we're done here. We'll be back next week. Uh, I, we're assuming that the, 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 uh, four and Cardinals will be at one and we'll come on soon thereafter that game to sort of end the regular season. And, and the eight, the 18 shows that, that we did uh, uh, of this show. Uh, I need to count them out. I'm, I'm going to count them out. We're going to start counting. I, I do that on the death up uh, and on Thompson and Clark, but I didn't. I didn't do it here. But we're. We'll, I'll start counting the shows, and we'll we'll have a nice little uh, uh number. Uh, but yeah, we'll. So we'll be back, and they're in the playoffs. So we're we're going to be coming back at least one once more after one of these games. The question is, are we going to be? Is, is there going to be a bye week? That is next. that. That's that's that was question.
1: the week after that. Would wouldn't that be awesome if if somehow we could get that number one. See, I, I, I don't guess it matters, but, um, it, that would be nice to secure home field throughout and a bye week I think yeah. that
2: would be awesome. Absolutely. All right. Shelvin said, happy new year. Happy new year, Shelvin. Happy new year, Shelvin. Happy new year, Rod. Are you still how, how much longer are you hanging out in Vegas? Um, I'm back Tuesday. Okay. There you go. Good, good time. Good stay. Um, yeah. and yeah. And like I said, we'll be back next week. Uh, for the rest of BSPN, Thompson and Clark will be back on Tuesday as well. Uh, Brad and I will be talking about this Carlos Correa craziness uh, that is still Has going he on. anywhere? No, he is not. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then on Thursday, uh, Brian and I will be back on the death lineup. We're going to the game on Wednesday night, so we'll have some firsthand uh, analysis of, of the Warriors. But
1: is that Detroit? That's Detroit. Awesome.
2: When well, I, I bought the tickets, when Steph was not injured, so I'm sure I paid probably about fifty to a hundred dollars more per ticket than what they're going for <laughs> right
1: now. Hopefully, <laughs> Wiggs will be back.
2: Yeah, he's not going to be back Monday, which is kind of frustrating because I think they thought he was going to be back. And also, Kaminga and Wiseman are out Monday, which so they're going to be running like nine guys out there for the whole game. But uh, but yeah, you know, when when Steph comes back, it'll. It all it'll all make sense as as long as everyone else is is still healthy. But we're just gonna have to piece it together until Steph comes back. Um, if you are listening to this on uh, the podcast uh, player, if you can throw us a, a five star Apple review, uh, a Spotify review, Google uh, podcast, whatever you listen to, that would be awesome. It just helps us get more placement on stuff when people are searching. And if you're watching this on YouTube and haven't subscribed to that YouTube button, do so. Uh, We're getting some good views on some of these YouTube videos, so it's been a lot of fun to put together. All right. We'll be back next week for Rod. I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.